0: let's fade over. everyone's got a favorite kid and this could be it uh wednesday night uh monday night as well seven o'clock the weekend shows employment hour and 30 that happens on global tv and ctv but regardless a chi- uh, chance for you to call in now and uh have your questions answered, want to hear about uh, what you think, maybe you're in a situation at work you haven't come across before, maybe calling for a friend, a family member, bring it on. The answers lie only moments away, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, and uh, 1-888-225-TALK, that is toll free. Lots to get through tonight, and we'll discuss the uh, the area of alcohol and drug testing when it comes to your workplace, and a bunch of your emails as well, but first, the, uh, the wait that was, pal, how you doing?
1: Hey, good evening, Johnny, and uh, great to be back here and great to be talking about uh, the things that I enjoy talking about. I'm kind of yeah, boring that way. I guess it's <laughs> employment law. And I'm I'm very pleased to be here. It's been a bit a very busy week so far. Actually, quite a busy day. I've been on the phone all day. But guess what? I have just enough energy to answer about, I don't know, about 15, 20 more questions. So, so bring them on. If you have any questions about your workplace rights, your workplace problems. Don't hesitate. There's no such thing as is a bad question. So many people are worried. Oh, maybe I'll ask a silly question. Really, no such thing. Take advantage of the fact that that I'm here to answer those questions, solve your problems, hopefully make you feel better. You know, going into the long weekend, knowing about your rights, knowing about your entitlements. Maybe it's an overtime issue. Maybe it's a vacation issue. Maybe it's a termination, a constructive dismissal, a harassment, a discrimination ask us, we'll solve those problems. Or if you still have questions, but not so comfortable calling the show, not a prom, uh, call me at the office, email me at the office. We'll give you that contact information uh, today throughout the show. But to get us started and revved up here for this uh, edition of the Employment Hour, let's uh, talk about a couple of situations that came across my desk. And actually both of these situations, John, is from individuals that I spoke to earlier today. Okay. So kind of you know, very, very uh, fresh. Uh, The first situation that I'll I'll tell you about involved a gentleman who had uh, been working uh, uh, the same shift for a number of years. It was uh, an early shift, 6.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon. Well, very recently, the company announced to him that they're going to change his shift from 8.30 to Mm 4.30. Now, we know already, and, and our regular listeners know that the company actually does not have a right to do that. Because it's a constructive dismissal. A company does not have the right to change the terms of your employment, so you can treat that as a constructive dismissal. But there's an added layer here, and here's what happened with this person. He had a back issue, a very serious back issue. And because of that, he was only able to sit for a certain amount of time. Now, when he got to, when he had to get to work for 6.30, traffic was pretty good. He got there in 45 minutes, his back is okay. Mm-hmm. But now that he's gonna have to come in for 8.30, That commute goes from 45 minutes to at least an hour and a half, and his back cannot take that. So he talked to his employer about that uh, and even gave him a doctor's note saying he shouldn't be driving for this long, and they essentially said, too bad, so sad, that is the shift. So he called me, and he wanted to know, what do I do? I have this medical condition. If I'm going to sit for an hour and a half uh, twice a day, it's going to make my back so much worse. So as I said, right off the bat, this is a uh, a constructive dismissal. But beyond that, he has a medical condition and his employer has a legal duty to accommodate that medical condition. If they don't, that is a human rights violation. So yes, if he has a condition that requires him to work a different shift, not the 830, he needs to work a shift that allows him to manage his back condition, company has to make all efforts to accommodate that. They can't avoid that. They can't say no. So not only did this company constructively dismiss him, but they've also violated the human rights code by refusing to accommodate. So there's important lessons there. If you need accommodation, your employer has to accommodate. In this case, it meant different hours than what the company wanted to give him. That is a reasonable accommodation if that's what you require. And of course, the other aspect, as we already know, it's an obvious one, if the terms of your employment are changed in a significant way, change to hours, change to duties, change to pay, that is not something a company is allowed to do. If they do that, that is a constructive dismissal that would allow you to leave with full severance.
0: 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell 1 888 225 talk. That is toll free. We'll get to the uh, the first call tonight and glad to have it. Ian, thank you for hanging off for a couple minutes. How are you?
2: Hi, good How are
0: you today. Excellent. So, what's your concern?
2: Uh, so, I'm just about to sign an employment contract with a new employer, and there is a uh, clause in it that they say the minimum severance will be uh, as included in the Employment Standards Act. Now, I'm just yeah. wondering if, just in case they dismiss me, dismiss me in the future, can I still get higher severance, or it's going to be just uh, one week or three weeks per year, or whatever the Employment Standards
1: Act? It's or is, an excellent case, like, question. So and an so excellent question, Ian. Now, here's what this contract tries to do. This contract tries to limit, to significantly limit your termination entitlements. Uh, and, and if it's enforceable, it can essentially mean that instead of getting, I don't know, 12-month severance, you may get only eight weeks severance. So that's a very big deal. Now, the question is, is it enforceable? For it to be enforceable, it has to be drafted in a very specific way. It has to say certain things in a, in a certain sequence. And if it doesn't do those things, it's not enforceable. For me to tell you if it's enforceable or not, I'd have to see it. So I, I'd, like to, I'd like to help you and you can send it to me. We'll give you my information. You can email it. You can uh, contact me by phone and we can, uh, you can read it to me. So, so it's quite possible that it's enforceable and you should know what you're signing because at some point this could cost you tens of thousands of dollars
2: that's exactly what i thought about so that's why i
1: called you up smart Perfect. so i want you to, to to reach out to me send it send me a copy of it let me read it and then once i read it i'll tell you yes it's enforceable or no it's not
0: Appreciate the call in Good one off the top there. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to reach Lior again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Emails help at employmenthour.com Just getting rolling here. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. That number, as you know, four one six eight seven oh sixty four hundred star six forty on your cell. Johnny. Good evening.
3: Hi, good evening. How are you guys doing?
0: Good brother. What's uh what's up with you?
3: Uh, I got a question about issue about uh, my wife there at a the workplace uh, she'd been working for this company about almost three years now uh, the first two years she was working the same position until a new position come up in the new I mean in the same company and she interested in applying for that she got the job with the help of uh, a colleague there that she knows when she started working there, a good colleague in the beginning. And she's happy with more money she's getting, whatsoever, right? And after that she starts to notice that the colleagues start to act differently. The colleagues start suddenly start to stop talking to her, the same colleague that tried to got her into that same position with unknown reasons. And at one part when she got home Alexander attacks, saying that I'm sorry for how the way I am. I have some issue with the manager, and my wife has gone back. Whatever issue you have, you, right now you are very coward. You don't know how the way to react with me. How do we talk as a colleague? I do not want to talk to you. Only other than only work business. So that same colleague, few weeks after, he tried to act funny with her. He tried to act the way how he walked behind her, aggressively, and she have not understanding what motive does he have and that's really annoying too and that's building the stress inside of her right
1: now so johnny here's what you described obviously could could be put under the under the category of uh, workplace harassment if she's being mistreated by this colleague if she is not uh you know being talked to appropriately or if he's being aggressive whatever it is so what she needs to do is she needs to let the company know about it and ask them to do something, whether it's human resources, HR, or or someone else at the company that's the appropriate person. She needs to let them know because once she does that, once she tells the company, they have the legal obligation to, to investigate and then to fix that problem. And then hopefully that will resolve it. They'll talk to this person. They'll say, you have to behave, you have to be professional, and maybe that resolves it. If it doesn't resolve it, then we need to talk about constructive dismissal. She needs to call me, and we need to talk about the idea of do we try to get her out of there and get her compensations or she doesn't have to put up with this. But the first step is to talk to the company, to give them that opportunity to fix that problem, and and if that doesn't work, I I want her to call me right away.
0: still there, Johnny. He is still there. Anyway, we'll put him on hold. Uh, Johnny, uh, here's the number, 1-855-821-5900, and help at employmenthour.com. Before we got into a break, uh, you had one more thing we wanted to talk about for the week that was, right?
1: That's right. Uh, This morning, I spoke with uh, a lady who uh, has been off on a disability leave for uh, about a year and a half, but she's getting better. In fact, she was planning on returning to work uh, later this fall, Uh, except she got called into a meeting uh, just a few days ago, and she was told that we've eliminated the position, we're letting you go. Now, as soon as usually someone that's on a disability leave is terminated, we're starting to think discrimination, we're starting to think human rights. Well, in this particular case, it appeared to be legitimate. They've eliminated that role, it wasn't picking on her. In fact, a couple of people that held that role were let go. So this was legitimate. It wasn't a human rights violation, but here's the, here's the thing to remember. She was still not doing well. She's, she was hoping to come back, modify duties in the fall. She's still uh, uh, you know, months and months away from actually being completely healthy. Well, what that means is she's owed enhanced severance. In a situation where you're let go when you're sick, in a situation where you're not necessarily able to work at full speed, you're going to be owed even more severance than usual. So in this situation, she had been with the company for nine years. Normally I would have assessed her as being owed, you know, 10, 11 months pay. Yeah. In this situation, she's probably owed 16 months pay. Now, they offered her only six months pay, so that's, uh, I don't know, 40% or so of what they actually owe her, uh, a lot less than what they actually owe her, so I'm going to help her resolve this, but I wanted to remind everyone, employees and employers, that if if an employee is let go and that employee is on on a medical leave, they're not healthy, they have a medical limitation, they may be owed enhanced severance, even more severance than usual, because it's going to be more difficult for them to find another
0: job. I think we had time to uh, to quickly bounce over to uh, to Hugh here. If I can get my mouse working on my computer, that'd be really great. Uh, Hugh, is he there? Oh, we're gonna put uh, we're gonna put Hugh on hold here uh, just for I'm a second. Here. To w- oh, there you are. Okay, hey, pal, how are you? Good afternoon oh, or good evening.
2: good e- good whatever. Hi, no, that's it.
0: Okay. What's up, pal?
2: Question regarding um, temp workers who are let go or if their assignments finished. You guys touched on this couple Wednesdays ago, and I was curious. Uh, Lior had said that they would be entitled to normal severance upon being let go My question is, from whom would they be claiming? Where they were working or the agency itself?
1: So to be the, the the funny thing is, or the, the interesting thing is, that the both of the both the agency and the company are liable. If it was a short service type of a situation, in other words, the person was doing it, let's say for a few months, then the agency is most likely to be the the appropriate one to go after. If it was a long assignment, maybe the person's been temporarily doing this for four years now, then it's it's the actual company. But in terms of a legal obligation they both would be obliged so it actually doesn't really matter legally they're both considered to be to have that obligation that doesn't mean that the person gets severance twice but he could potentially go after one or the other or both and they combined would have to pay the person their full severance okay
2: now what if the temp agency says well hold on we'll find you something shortly just give us a couple days couple days couple days etc I mean, well, if, if an if, if a human yeah, finishes Friday, yes. and the agency says, well, "Okay, you're going to move over to such and such a company for Monday," there's mm-hmm. no interruption in work, and not, I would assume no termination benefits. That's if right. The agency is, uh, you know, dancing the string and playing along. What at that point do you just turn to the agency and say, "Hello, final check, please."
1: You got it. That's exactly. It. If there's really no interruption in earnings, or if the interruption is very minimal, you know, you finish on Friday and you start on the Wednesday, that's sure. okay. But if it's a situation where you're now you're essentially out of work, then yes, you you okay. you can and you should uh, get your full severance. And in many cases, they'll look at you like you've like you 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 have two heads because they won't know what you're talking about. But that's you know. that that doesn't matter legally. They're that's obligated. And that's my job. You got it.
0: Hugh, appreciate the call. We're going to let you go for more information. You can follow up, no problem. Uh, simply call one eight five five eight two one fifty nine 855 a hundred. Reach out at help at employment. To your phone calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty. After a short break, Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, right here, Global News Radio. We're right back into it. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell, or if you. Prefer that would be 225 talk. That number is toll free for the uh, the remainder of the show Monday night, Wednesday night. You got the weekend shows and Employment Hour and thirty on Global TV and CTV as well. Want to get into this now? This is something I think we've we've answered, uh, maybe in phone calls, maybe touched on it in other ways, but I don't think we've done a complete section on this. Uh, if we have, it's been quite some time, and that would be drug and uh, and alcohol testing, right?
1: Yeah, it is something that is an important topic. it's it's not a it's not a simple topic right. but it's something that comes up quite often. It, it is especially now in, in the days of uh, you know marijuana being legalized mm-hmm. and employers and employees are struggling with the idea what what can we do what can't we not do uh, you know when can I be tested when I cannot be so we want to talk about that and try to explain the laws it stands not the simplest uh, issue there's a lot of kind of gray areas, but we'll try to simplify that as much as possible.
0: Let's start with, uh, with this one, like uh, pre-employment drug testing. Can an employer require a prospective employee, not someone's working there, prospective employee to undergo a pre-employment drug test? Now, it doesn't matter, though, if it's a safety-sensitive position whether it's a yes or no. So
1: pre-employment, or in other words, a, a, a test is a condition of employment, right. are not, never legal, like literally never legal. Wow. Even in a safety-sensitive se- position, we'll talk more about safety-sensitive position in, in, in a couple minutes. But generally speaking, as a condition, it is not legal. Uh, there, there are some situations where an employer can can do drug tests, but never as a as a condition of employment. And the reason for that is because whenever whenever we're talking about drug and alcohol testing, the reason why that's a human rights issue is because a, a drug dependency or alcohol dependency is considered a disability. Right. So just like an employer cannot. Get information about your race or your ethnicity or your sexual orientation. They can't uh, have that as a condition of employment. The same thing comes when potentially it involves your disability. So no, uh, in some situation an employer can require a drug tests after you work, uh, after you started working, if there's a sa- safety issue, and we'll talk about that. But if your employer says to you, "We want you to take a drug test as a condition to determine if we ever you, you even give you a job." that is illegal. That is a human rights violation. In every situation, an employer, John, cannot do
0: that. Well, it's bouncing over to, I guess, a similar thing. And I guess the answer might be the same. No, that would be a pre-employment alcohol testing. Does that type of position matter?
1: Yeah, same same thing. Again, a, an employer cannot ask that, cannot require a pre-employment drug or alcohol test. Uh, it's not something that can be made conditional and you finding a job. Now, in some situation. If if there's a safety sensitive issue, the employer may make an offer first. You accepted the offer and then say, okay, before we start, I want to know if there's something that we need to accommodate. It's a safety sensitive position. And at Mm -hmm. that point, maybe there's a small window where they can ask you to do a drug test, but not as a condition of employment. Okay? Never to determine whether or not you get the job. That in itself is illegal.
0: Random drug and alcohol tests when are they permissible one, and what does an employer need to be able to prove in order to require that test in the first place so a drug
1: and alcohol test is something that uh our, our human rights uh, commission generally frowns upon uh it, generally that it's very narrow circumstances where a random policy to have drug and alcohol tests would be legal, and it's reserved usually. For safety sensitive positions, the type of position that if there's even the slightest bit of impairment, very bad things are going to happen. So not your office jobs or for example, those jobs you will never be allowed if you're the employer to do a random drug and alcohol tests, but if you're operating heavy machinery or or, or, or driving or you know dealing with uh, uh, equipment that can hurt you or others, well, then in those situations, in very narrow circumstances, an employer can have drug and alcohol uh, t- uh, policies. The other times is if there's been an identified as an issue in the workplace. If this is a mm-hmm. workplace that the employer identified as having problems, we've had issues before with drug and alcohol in, in, uh, being used in, at work or people being impaired at work, in those circumstances, if they can show that history an employer may be allowed or given more leeway right. to have a random drug and alcohol policy, but it's very narrow and it's frowned upon.
0: Still plenty of time for your calls, by the way, as we uh, discuss this particular topic today, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one That is, uh, is toll-free in that regard, going to bounce over to the phone like we always like to do. Andy, uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Great. What's your concern?
2: It's one of my friends who we've been trying to persuade to call on Leo's office. Um, let's say he works with a company, he has for the last 39 years, and two weeks ago he was um, told he was surplus to requirements. He's actually a manager with this company, and all they've offered is 32 weeks severance and we are telling him not to sign anything. Hmm. That is, if he does, that's him scuppered. If he doesn't sign anything, then if he came to Rio, then he would get, um, I'm sure, a better severance package in that.
1: Now, Andy, how, remind me, how many years has he been there?
3: 39,
1: 39, 39, oh, right. 39. yeah. Oh my gosh, wow. well, yes, Well, you're absolutely right that the, the analysis for him starts, not ends, starts at 24 months. And he, in fact, he could be one of those people that uh, potentially gets more than that. You know, it's rare, but it could happen, certainly with him. So he, I don't know what to tell you other than perhaps show him, uh, severancepaycalculator.com so he can see for himself what he's owed. You know, he can actually plug in information to severancepaycalculator.com and see how much he's owed. He has to call me. He cannot accept it. And if he, if he signs it and the next day he changes his mind and, and calls me, it's too late. So, I I, I hope you can uh, uh, lean on him to at least give me a call. There's no downside to speaking. Uh, He should never sign that. Oh my God, that would be a terrible, terrible deal.
2: Yeah, as I say, 39 years is a long time, and just to be cut, he is a manager, too. He is a manager,
1: so. Yeah. So okay. you, you're, you're a good friend for caring and calling the show, but you've got to put the phone in his hand, dial the number, and make sure that, that the phone rings because he is, uh, he's owed a lot more easily two years' pay, potentially a bit more than that. So for him to accept 32 weeks, wow, oh. that, would be, uh, that would be a travesty. I hope he does not do that.
0: Andy, good call, and uh, your friend will thank you, trust me, and by the way, Severance Pay Calculator, that is not just some random site that Leor sent you to, he created it, he built it seven years ago, and it is uh, absolutely rock solid, SeverancePayCalculator.com, over three quarters of a million people have uh, tried it and trusted it, so feel free to plug uh, his statistics into that one, Andy, maybe sit with him and do it, or tell him to do it, and carry on with the phone call, One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred 855 821 5900 is the, uh, the way to go, 39 years, man, oh, man, that's a long working career. It is a
1: very long working career. And, you know, it's the situation that he described, as extreme as it sounds, it's actually not that unusual. Really? I've spoken with hundreds of people uh, in, in similar situation where they're owed two years pay, maybe even slightly more than two years pay. And they're offered half, a third, a quarter, uh, man, oh man. And, and it's it's a terrible situation. I hope he doesn't uh, sign it. If he's worked for 39 years and he's a manager, we assume he's not 50 years old because he probably didn't start when he was 11. So he's probably you know, in his 60s or even older. Uh, and it's going to be very difficult for him to find another position. He has to make sure that he gets the yeah. severance that he's legally owed. Not, not, It doesn't matter what I say he's owed. The law says he should easily get 24 months pay. So he should not accept anything less. And if they don't pay it, he gives me a call and I take care of it.
0: Yeah, you bet. The guy started the job in 1980. How freaky is that, eh? Wow.
1: That is crazy. That is. You, drug. you, you were you were only 27 yeah. then, John.
0: Uh, yeah, very nice. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> drug and alcohol testing, as we bounce back to that, uh, what should an employee do if their employer simply insists on a drug or alcohol test? So uh, the, an employee
1: is entitled to, to say no, absolutely entitled to, to refuse. Again, as we talked about yeah. uh, right before the call, It is very narrow circumstances where an employer can do or or could demand that a drug uh, test or an alcohol test. Generally, again, very safety sensitive positions, and when there's a a concern or a history of uh, of impairment in the workplace. So an employee can and should refuse. An employee does not have to. uh, And the key here is this: if the employee refuses, they cannot actually be penalized. They cannot Hmm. be suspended. They cannot be uh, let go. They cannot have their pay deducted or have their job changed. That is illegal. Now, remember, if it is a situation where the employer is allowed because they've implemented a proper drug or alcohol policy to safety sensitive position, etc., in that situation, if it's the employee's turn to take the test, yes, they, they would have to take it. But again, that is rare. In nine out of 10 situations where the employer demands a, a, a test, and I've seen this many, many times they don't actually have the right to do it. And I always say this, John, if you know that you, you're an employee and you have a, 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 a drug problem or an alcohol problem, and especially if you're in a safety-sensitive position, first of all, you wanna do the smart thing, okay? And try to get take yourself out of the workplace if there's even a chance you'll be impaired. Again, if you're a safety-sensitive position, you don't want someone to get hurt. You don't wanna cause uh, damage or loss. But you also may wanna be honest with your employer. Uh, You don't want them to find out uh, when an accident happens. Let them know that you have a medical condition that you're dealing with. Because if you do, you have the protection of the law. They cannot punish you for telling them you have a medical condition. That would be illegal. That's a human rights violation. They can't do anything to you. So in some situations, just being honest and being upfront and getting ahead of the problem may be the best policy.
0: So if I'm an employer now and uh, it does turn out that I have legitimate grounds to demand an alcohol test or drug test how do I navigate those waters and getting it done? And if, what if the employee still refuses? So obviously,
1: you, you want to be very careful in doing that. Okay, yeah. You want to be be sure that you meet the criteria, as I said before, safety sensitive, there's a history, et cetera, uh, and, and implement a policy that doesn't pick on, on, on people and make sure you have a policy with respect to accommodation. In other words, it's not a situation where if we find out that you've done drugs or alcohol, you're automatically gone. If you have a policy that says that, that is illegal. And if you try to demand... Drug test or alcohol test. In those situations, an employee is allowed to refuse. You want to have a policy that says we'll evaluate every case on its own, and if there's a medical condition, we'll accommodate. Okay. You want to be be careful with that. The other thing is, you want to also consider alternatives to testing. You may you want to have a uh, performance tests, which can test hmm. the the cognitive impairment or the ability to do the job. That may be more appropriate than just having someone you know pee in a cup or or, or take a breathalyzer test. You may want to train your supervisors or others to assess behavior that can affect workplace safety so you can identify problems. Uh, you, you may want to have uh, you know, observation or, or audits about performance. You, there's other things that you can do before you jump into to drug and alcohol tests. But if you've met all that criteria and you can do the test, if the employee refuses to do the test, you are allowed to impose discipline okay? You can give them a warning if they still refuse, potentially you can suspend them, and then potentially you can even terminate them. But before you do that, you really need to call me. You have to be very careful with that. In most situations, still, if you insist on a drug or alcohol test, if you're the employer, you could be violating
0: the person's human rights. The test is done. The test comes back positive. What does the employer do? How else do they expand on that? And can the employer fire the employee with the results of that test straight up?
1: So you know one of the concerns is certainly with drug testing that a, a drug test may not tell you if someone is actually impaired, if they're able to hmm. do the job. You know if they may have uh, done their their drug of choice uh, a few days ago and it's still in their system, but they're right. still able to do the job now, it doesn't impact them from their ability to do the job. So so you want to first find out as best possible what happened? Is this person actually impaired, uh, or is this simply a, a trace left in uh, in their blood? So you want to ask questions, you want to find out as much as you can. If there is a a real impairment that you find out uh, about, you want to satisfy yourself as to whether this is a kind of an an irresponsible behavior on the part of the employee or is there an underlying medical condition, a a dependency. You want to ask that question. If it is clear that this is just an employee being irresponsible, drinking at work or before work or, or, or doing drugs and showing up to work in a state that's unfit. You can impose discipline and potentially terminate for cause. That's a very big deal, especially if it's a safety-sensitive position. On the other hand, if there's any indication that this person has a drug problem or an alcohol uh, alcohol uh, problem, you have to accommodate, which means you cannot fire them. Do you obviously are not going to let them work, but you are going to tell them they have to take some time off work, and you're going to tell them that they can come back to work when they've been cleared by their mm. doctor. Uh, and that's what you do. You don't fire someone automatically just because they did the drugs or because there's a positive alcohol test. Because if you do, you may end up firing someone that has a disability and that's illegal.
0: 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Still plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions about this stuff or anything else uh, concerning your job. Or, uh, severance for that matter one triple eight two two five talk that is toll- free before we move on to uh, to emails i think i asked you this once before and you mentioned you know safety uh safety sensitive positions um i think it's something like a pilot is that an automatic test is it allowed because i mean you know you've got hundreds of people you know at their hands at their will right absolutely yeah, oh, yeah. That,
1: those types of positions where where the, you, you cannot even for, afford the slightest bit of impairment yeah. uh, the slightest bit of uh, uh, of leeway yes those types of positions you can and you should and you must i would say in have a, a sensible and, and a reasonable drug and alcohol policy and you have to have a policy in place mm-hmm. you can't just do it at will or or you know uh, haphazardly but yes that type of position that's probably the the holy grail of safety sensitive yeah. positions yeah and an employer an airline what have you is going to get a lot of leeway to test its pilots to test to test those who uh, who we trust to, to get people in the air from one place to another. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Email is help at employmenthour.com. Patricia up first says, Our department is being shut down and I'm going to lose my job. I'm scheduled to go on maternity leave in a few weeks. Can you explain what happens to my severance and mat leave in this situation?
1: So if the department is being uh, shut down, then of course that's not going to be a human rights issue because they're not picking on her because she took a uh, yeah, or she's going to be route. taking a maternity yeah. leave. So, that, so that's legitimate. But if she gets uh, if she's let go uh, too much sooner, too much earlier, or too early in uh, in the uh, pregnancy before she's taking mad leave, that could impact her EI benefits. So in many situations, what the employer may do is to, to keep them on payroll as part of their severance up until they go on maternity leave, and then they can go on maternity leave, and to postpone any severance payment till after the maternity leave is done. So oftentimes what I do when I negotiate uh, in those situations, I, I number one, want to make sure the person gets what they're owed, but then I try to postpone the severance payment till after the maternity benefits, because if you get severance now you're not going to get maternity benefits. You can't get benefits huh. from EI and severance for the same period of time. So that's something that we can often negotiate and, 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 and play around with a bit. So very important in that situation to give me a call. Uh, if you don't, if you just accept that severance package, it absolutely can impact your maternity benefits.
0: 416-870-6400-640 on the cell is the uh, number to call through email now by uh, from Fred. Fred says, I drive a school bus. Uh, my employer is federally regulated, and H R told me that I only get two weeks severance. Is that right? yeah, i've I've heard this so many times by
1: the way, oftentimes from from school bus uh, drivers yep. or school bus companies. so so let's make it very clear. Federally regulated employees, so people working in trucking, some uh, uh, some like bus companies like this, uh, telecommunications, banks, government, etc those employees are still owed full severance. It's not two weeks. It's not a week per year of service. None of that. They get the same severance as every other employee. It's based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. Whether your employer is provincially regulated or federally regulated does not matter. It doesn't matter. You get the same severance. So no, it's not two weeks pay. So for all of you there, you know, especially your your truckers out there, uh, who often are federally regulated. Remember, if you lost your job, you get full severance and you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. When when you stop your truck next, grab your smartphone, go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out how much you're owed. Same, uh, same with this person, the bus driver. They have to give me a call. That would be a wrongful dismissal completely to let someone go with two weeks pay. It's a huge misconception, John, and it's simply wrong.
0: Another email coming up here from Sean. We'll file this under a stupid employer file. And it was this. It says, I was let go for cause because my employer said I missed too many days of work for medical reasons. Can they do that?
1: Well, I mean, how can they do that? It's it's What does that mean? You've been sick too much. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they should have taken more vitamins. I, I don't know. It's, it's a huh. silly, silly thing to do and a silly thing to say because... You can only be let go, really, if you've, you know, certainly for cause, mm-hmm. if you've done something wrong. And the person being sick, out of their control, it's not something that they've done wrong. They cannot help it. And if they have a serious medical condition that requires them to take time off and they're let go, that's also a human rights violation. So, no, you cannot be let go for cause. It can, you cannot be disciplined for being sick. It doesn't matter how many sick days the company has, whether they have a policy of five sick days or ten sick days. If you're sick for 15 days, it's 15 days. If it's 35 or six months or two years, it is what it is. You can be off as long as you need to to get better, to get healthy, whether it's a day at a time or extended, and you cannot be punished for doing that. So if your employer tries to punish you, it could be a a wrongful dismissal for sure. It Mm -hmm. can easily be also a human rights violation. It's illegal. Shouldn't happen. Doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where people get confused between how many sick days they have by their employer and how often they can be off sick. You know, nobody, can, you know, Good luck sticking to three days a year if you're in that situation, right? What do you do? Of course, you're off sick, you're off sick. They're two different things, right?
1: They're two different things. Now, yeah. if your employer says, we give you five paid sick days, that means for right. your first five days off, you're going to get paid. But if you're mm-hmm. sick for 15 days, well, you won't get paid for the last 10, but you can still be off
0: work and it doesn't mean the company can let you go. Absolutely not. I think we'll wrap up the show with a uh, phone call. Dave, we've got a couple minutes to squeeze you in quickly here. What's going on? You talking to me? Yes, sir. Go ahead.
4: Yes. So the question is, I'm calling on behalf of a friend. Perfect. The friend was working for uh, an agency of the Ontario government, and it was a probationary period of six months. After four months or thereabouts, the person was dismissed and was offered two weeks of uh, pay. Now, this person was essentially enticed from a different location. The person happens to be a registered nurse. And um, a friend of hers was able to negotiate one month instead of two weeks. But is this still a reasonable uh, settlement?
1: And and how old is your friend? The friend
4: is roughly 35 years old.
1: So I would assess your friend as being owed... Two months pay, okay. Two months pay. Uh, and that, that assumes of course there's no employment agreement in place that limits her entitlements. If the there is but te- yeah, go ahead.
4: The nature of the employment agreement was that she was in a six month probationary period.
1: Yeah, but I would want to see what it says because they may, for example, say that if we let you go in the first six months, we're only gonna give you a week's pay. If for example, if it says that then potentially she's only owed a week's pay, and then if they offer her two weeks, pay, hey, that's actually more than what they have to pay her. So the, the, yep. the devil's in the detail. I'd like to see what it says. If it simply says you're on probation, that doesn't mean anything. So no. she potentially could be owed two months' pay, but I would want to see the employment agreement.
4: So when I called your office today, a screener called me back, and I said, can't I speak to someone with whom I can converse in detail to ascertain whether it makes sense for nobody to waste their time to make but it makes sense to actually speak with you or get together with you and the person said well no they can't talk to me that person, my friend has to call right,
1: that's that's right yeah we, we, we wouldn't talk to you we would only talk to the actual person is a practical matter we're not gonna give you advice or thoughts as to someone else's situation we want to make sure we speak to the person so nothing is lost in translation so so have your friend call us we'll be happy to talk to her uh, and help her in any way possible
0: Appreciate it, Dave. Good way to wrap the show for tonight. Uh, we do a Monday night, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, the weekend shows, and Employment Hour and 30 on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings. Want to reach out now, one 855 821 Please do help at employmenthour.com. We are done for this evening. I'm Peter Sherman. On Point is coming right back here on Global News Radio.